0: Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show.
1: It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello, and welcome to
0: Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and amazing show. It will be terrific, as always. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. But before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile phone or your device in five minutes or less without any technical skills and without Downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. I was talking with a friend recently about the idea of owning your awesomeness. We all have unique strengths and abilities that make us special people. Sometimes it can be very difficult to see how that is true, and sometimes we just need to be reminded. I believe all of us are gifted and talented, and our job is to discover what that is. Some people are fortunate enough to figure that out very early in life. Tiger Woods was given a golf club by his dad when he was three years old, and through his God-given talent and a lot of practice, he became the best in the world in his generation. Some people figure it out quite late in life. Colonel Sanders, for example, didn't start his chicken franchise until he had retired. Sadly enough, many people never really figure it out at all. They drift and let life take them wherever it wants to go, and then they wonder why they haven't accomplished anything significant. It's up to you to figure out what you want and where you plan on going. No matter who you are or where you are, you are enough. Discover and use the talents you have, and whatever you aren't good at, ask for help. Everything that's needed to accomplish your big dream is available to you. It's just a matter of finding it. You will be amazed at what help is available to you if you only ask for it. Nobody's meant to do anything all by themselves. So embrace how wonderfully and abundantly blessed you really are. You are worth it. So I would love to introduce my guest for the week. And before I forget, you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes for free. My guest this week is David DiGiorgio. He is returning to the show for a second time. Let me tell you about him. David is the number one international best-selling author of the book, Being Unapologetic. He's a keynote speaker, a TEDx speaker, and paranoia expert. And a speaking and confidence consultant for students, teachers, parents, influencers, and celebrities, he was actively involved in the theater industry for over 25 years, and is an award-winning producer, creator, and director. He's been featured on several magazines, podcasts, and radio shows. And David's on a mission to empower everyday extraordinary individuals, especially young people, to compare less and celebrate more. His philanthropic endeavor, Project Being Apologetic Unapologetic, dares to tackle bullying and build confidence and self-esteem while funding dream projects for high school performing arts students. We're going to talk about so much today. So returning once again to the show is my great friend, David DiGiorgio. How are you, David?
2: Hey, Brian. I'm fantastic. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, We've done this before, and we'll probably revisit a few things that we talked about the first time. But for those who didn't hear it the first time, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and your backstory and how you got to where you are
2: now. (laughs) excuse me oh i just choked on myself there because it's like it's so much to share in that so okay let's see the reader's digest version i started as a composer and um i became a theater producer and while i was doing that i decided that i wanted to do some good in the world and i also became a head of a high school music department and while i was doing that While I was pitching television shows at night and teaching high school students by day and doing high school musicals on the weekend, literally, I also decided to open up a yoga studio. So I bring together this really unique um, combination of performance, production, education, and personal development all into one. About five years ago, I immigrated to the U.S., And I started to really dive deep into entrepreneurship. And um, now, I guess you could say that really I focused mostly on my own speaking. And I have this crazy mission to go out and make a difference for others. And uh, it probably comes as no surprise that the the difference that I want to make is especially for young people, because I recognize that if we can affect our young people, we can really change society and our future generations. Absolutely.
0: So how did you become interested in entrepreneurship?
2: I think after I officially retired from teaching, I pretty much knew that I was unemployable. Uh, because I just, I, I get bored easily. And I mm-hmm. also, I, you know how, when we're kids, it was like, you're not the boss of me. That's how right. I kind of felt working in other places.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I get it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it's probably best if I just become my own boss and build my own platform and my own mission, it's probably safer for everybody.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, one thing I found when I was working is I hated being micromanaged. I mean, it, it, micromanaging a super is really a dumb idea.
2: <laughs> uh, yes. And, you know, and I, I'm totally a superachiever too. And I work at the speed of insanity. and um, And I'm okay with that. Most people don't understand <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. And that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I figured it was just better to create my own sandbox and invite those who want to play in it rather than trying to play into someone else's. <laughs> I love that idea.
0: I had Jen Duplessis on my show uh, a few weeks ago, and she talked about basically attracting your crowd. And she said, if for example, you like peanut butter cookies, then you want to attract people who also like peanut butter cookies because that's what you're making. Chocolate chip cookies are okay, but I really would prefer to work with people who like peanut butter cookies. And I thought it was an excellent and beautiful analogy. Yes. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so was your family supportive of this whole entrepreneurial journey?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, where do we start with that? I mean, right. uh, I don't think uh, so. First of all, I was disowned 10 years ago. So when we talk about family, I just want to empower everybody that what I'm talking about is my chosen family. Yeah. And whether it's my biological family or my chosen family, I don't think anybody understands what I'm doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I think when you're a visionary and you are um, the Kind of visionary like I am, that I just have this obsession to help other people. Yeah. It's difficult. Like, I don't want to necessarily say that people don't fully understand what I'm doing, but they just don't necessarily fully get it. And yeah. that's okay. Uh, because my vision is so big that I think it scares some people off. Sure. So my, my chosen family is very supportive of what I'm doing Like I, said, I don't think they understand. They kind of, you know, they they golf clap and they <laughs> they send me the messages <laughs> and they say, wow, that's amazing. Yet I think in the background they're like, we don't understand what he's doing or what he's building. But, you know, he's he looks happy, so we'll just go with it. So you just go. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. What was your first year in business like? Oh, my God. Well, uh, do we have to talk about that? I mean, like the first, <laughs> but I think it's so important to share that. I mean, that's exactly my reaction is just how it felt. And still like several years later, cause really like I've always been an entrepreneur since I was very young. Um, yeah. but to be a full-time entrepreneur is a whole different animal, I think, yes. because there's like absolutely no security from any direction. Right. Uh, you have to create it. Um, I think that what I could really say is that it is a an experiment in learning who you are and how committed you are to what you believe because truly you are tested over and over.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what was your big aha moment?
2: My big aha moment. Hmm. I think especially now after having done this TED talk, uh, that is slowly on its way to going viral. Um, it really is understanding that nobody's going to do this for me. I have to be the one who drives it. I have to paint the picture for other people. I have to enroll other people into the vision. I have to sell the peanut butter cookie or the jelly cookie or whatever that's going to be. Right. And I have to not be worried about the people who don't get it, because they certainly do come out. But I I should be more concerned with the people who do get it. And I see it every day. Everyone has feedback. Everyone has something to say. And I have to keep asking myself, do I want to be like this person are they in a position that I want to be in? Because if not, then their feedback, I have to keep it in perspective to the bigger picture of what I'm creating. Absolutely. So what do you think your big why is? My So uh, recently, my big why appeared back into my life. Seven years ago, I almost adopted a child. It became a failed adoption because of some crazy life circumstances. And uh, we recently reconnected. And his name is Jesse. He is my Why? Mm-hmm. and um, he represents my bigger why, which is the young people who don't know that somebody cares about them, who don't know that oh. they matter. And together, we have this mission to go out and um, help a lot of people who don't know that.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And you are really passionate about ending bullying in particular, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, We've got about a minute or so to our break. You want to tell us just a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So I was severely bullied uh, growing up and even into adulthood. And Mm -hmm. so I know what it feels like. Uh, to want to give up on yourself. I know what it feels like to fall asleep every night and wish you could end the pain and sometimes your own life. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And so I don't want anyone to have to feel that. I want people to understand bullying and the bully and to really be able to navigate that with grace and to know that there are people on the outside, there are perfect strangers out there who care. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it drives everything that I do. It's infused into every every part of my work.
0: That is absolutely amazing. I absolutely love that. What? What is the
2: scariest thing that you think you've ever done? Oh, gosh. I mean, everything I do... <laughs> And I'm not kidding. Everything I do is so unprecedented. I I scare myself every single day, from making calls to strangers, to asking to partner with multi-billion dollar companies, to shaking the hand of billionaires, whatever it is. Now, I've never jumped out of a plane because I don't see any need of doing things like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I I challenge myself every day to do something that's scary, not because I'm a junkie for the adrenaline, but because I I realize if I'm going to create what I envision... I need to turn myself inside out. And so whatever it takes, I'm going there.
0: Yeah. I did
2: jump out of a plane twice
0: a long, long time ago and I don't need to do it again. I don't (laughs) need to,
1: All it was through
2: it, your experience.
0: <laughs> yes, it was a good experience, and and I'm done. So this is Success Profiles Radio. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is David Durjo, and we will talk about his TEDx talk, which he did about a month or two ago, and we'll talk about how that has changed things for him. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please come back with us.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. TogiNet Radio is partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30 percent or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. Best Radio Travel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is David DiGiorgio, and he did a TEDx talk recently. He's also the author of the internationally best-selling book, Being Unapologetic, Empowering High Achievers to Become Visionary Leaders and Speakers. And if you have not gotten my brand new book, it is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon now, and it's online anywhere that you'd like to get it, BarnesandNoble.com, Amazon.com and everywhere please get it the kindle version right now as we speak right now is still 99 cents how can you not get that it's it's fantastic so please do that so david let's talk about tedx you did a tedx talk recently but first let's talk about how you get to a tedx stage a lot of people are very interested in this idea now
2: okay and because you know I'm always being unapologetic and I'm a truth teller. Here's how you don't get to the TEDx stage. (laughs) Yes. There are a lot of people out there and there's a lot of well-meaning people, but I just want to be very clear because I experimented with this for myself. Um, TEDx is a free platform. And so if someone is offering you the opportunity to get on a TEDx stage for an exchange of money, I would run far. Now, here's what I would suggest that you invest in. If you invest in a coach, like I work with a small group of people now, um, influencers and celebrities, to help them to discover the idea worth spreading, that's how you do get a TED Talk, is to make sure that your idea worth spreading is solid, However, Mm -hmm. like I said, it's a free platform. I actually shared my entire experience on my website. I did a whole bunch of free videos that showed all of the mistakes that I made, all of the things that went well, how I got 250 plus no's, and the one yes that made the difference.
0: Right. I love that. And it only takes one person to say no. Do some people do multiple TEDx talks?
2: Yes. And it's funny. A lot of people have been asking me lately, oh, you did one. So when are you doing your next one? And I keep asking, like, why? I don't – I mean, you got to understand – you have to have a strategy. and I know we'll talk about this, but you have to have a strategy with why you're doing a TEDx talk. And I was very clear. My journey to the TED stage was two years uh, in total, almost two years. And I reverse engineered exactly the outcome that I wanted. The message was very clear for me and how I'm going to use the message. So sure, do a couple different ones if you want, but it's a lot of work. And if you're going to do it right, you have to be prepared for the amount of work that's involved.
0: Absolutely. And I love on your website how you shared your first or one of your first attempts to get uh, to audition for TEDx. And yes. you pointed out all the reasons why it was not a good pitch. And then you had the right one. Where, where can we find that so people can look that up later? Yeah. So at 123celebrate.com. Yeah, and it's brilliant. I did watch the before and the after, and the, the difference is really, really uh, – it's, it's evident, yeah. very,
2: very evident. And so, I think, you know, Brian, it's yeah. cool because I think most people do that first version because you yes, don't know, do. and you're trying to fit into a box and whatever. And you got to understand that TEDx events are run purely by volunteers, and they want to see that magic and feel that sparkle, whatever that is, that X factor, that it factor. Yeah. And if you're trying to fit into a box that you think – they want to hear, it's not going to work.
0: Now, TEDx has a uniform set of standards about what they like and don't like, or do do the organizers of each specific event get to have some latitude into what they like and don't like?
2: There are some guidelines. So, for instance, uh, TEDx stays away from politics, they stay away from pseudoscience, and they stay away from religion. Mm -hmm. So as long as your talk doesn't touch on any of those topics, generally then it comes down to the organizer of the event and how unorthodox they are and how much they want to push the boundaries of that.
0: And some TEDx uh, days have special themes, like maybe women's issues or something like that, right? That's right.
2: Yeah. And so if you know that you're applying, and again, this is all public information, free information on the TEDx website, on the TED website, Um, if there's a theme and you know that your talk fits with that theme, then it would be smart for you to as you're pitching or making a connection or building a relationship with organizers or speaker coaches in that organization, that you let them know that you know the theme and how your talk will serve the theme.
0: Great. So other than the no-no topics that you just outlined, what other mistakes do people tend to make when they try to apply for a TEDx talk?
2: They pitch themselves Mm -hmm. (laughs) without building a relationship. Ooh. And I think one of the other big things that you have to understand is I I firmly believe, well, I know, I don't believe, I know one of the reasons that I got my opportunity is because I became valuable to the organizer. So I built a relationship. So most people don't know that I actually got rejected first for TEDx Colorado Springs. They have two events a year, a spring and a fall. I got rejected for the spring. And in the interim, I built a relationship with the organizer and I started to offer my specialty, my services, my brilliance to him, if he needed any help with things like filling the event, coming up with ways to promote the event. Um, I offered another speaker who is already a viral sensation that someone that I know that I said, Hey, I think you should put this person on your stage. So you see, I became valuable and I built right. a relationship. And so that's yeah. brilliant. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. So
2: once you do
0: get that yes, you can speak on the TEDx stage, is there a formula
2: for structuring your talk? Yes. And TEDx talks about this. And um, for anyone who's completely confused, I, I just want to say, actually, it's really cool. TED just released their own platform, their own um, uh, speaker coach program. And it's like, I don't know, it's like 89 99 or something like that as opposed to some people out there who are charging thousands and thousands. And I just want to point out too, Ted is so simple with this. This is the formula. A beginning, a middle, and an end. Now, my theater brain says, great, act one, act two, act three. Right. So, you know, you want to present your idea, develop the idea, and then what's the transformation? What do you want people to do about it? Keep it simple. Yeah. And And one thing to know, like... When you're at the point of just sharing your idea, you don't have to have the whole talk written. Just an idea is enough. You'll get yeah. coaches, you'll get supports. I had a stylist, I had a makeup person, I had two speaker coaches actually with the organization with TEDx Colorado Springs. So don't get too far ahead of yourself. Yeah, the transformation piece is probably the most important part, right? Absolutely, because these are ideas worth spreading. Well, okay, so an idea then has to be valuable to the audience. What is the mission, the vision? What is the transformation that you want to have happen after they hear your talk? It's important to think of that. Absolutely. And, of course, it's possible
0: to be too rehearsed for this, right?
2: For the pitching part of it?
0: Uh, for, for the actual talk.
2: No. No. <laughs> so this is what I say. Pick your favorite actor or actress, right? Whether it's Leonardo DiCaprio or Jennifer Aniston or whoever whoever pick your, you know, Claire Danes, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They look so natural, like they're just creating in the moment, because they are so good at their technique. Mm-hmm. They are so rehearsed. I rehearsed like eighteen hours a day for two months the talk itself before yeah. I delivered that talk. And that's why there are no missteps in my talk. No. They're they're
0: not. In fact, I watched it again today. I've watched yours multiple times. <laughs> and I, I just want to cry at the end because it's it's amazing. I mean not just saying this because you're you're a great friend, but it was really and I have told you this in person. You're one of the best speakers I've ever seen. And it's the truth. <laughs> Put <laughs> a word in front of that, but not going to, but it's a truth. Yeah. But anyway, I do, I do want to ask because I, I mean, I know you prepared a lot and of course there's a time limit. it. They're pretty strict about that, right? Yeah. 18 minutes is
2: generally the maximum.
0: Okay, great. So how do you know if you are ready to do a TEDx
2: talk? Well, of course you're ready right now. And I also want to add this, like, if you have an idea and you have this heart and mission and vision to change and improve other people's lives, then you're ready. Now, here's the other thing that I would say. You have to be strategic. This is, if you want to do this right, there's a lot of time that goes into this. And you really have to think about what is the purpose of doing this TED Talk, if the purpose is to simply share your story on a global stage to say that you could join the 0.02 percent of the population that's ever done one, I would say don't bother,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because the talk is going to come out and nothing's going to happen. Your real work starts after the talk. Now I spend 18 hours a day, uh, 18 hours a day sharing the talk, yeah. and so you have to have. You have to have a strategy. What do you want to get? Speaking engagements? Do you have a, 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 a platform that you're building? Do you have something in your business that this brings people to? Whatever that is, you have to be very clear on why you're doing the talk. Otherwise, it just becomes you know a posterity piece, and I just don't know. I mean, why add to the noise of online stuff? Right, you know? exactly. Now, you're not allowed
0: to pitch something in mm-hmm. your TEDx talk, but there should be an end game to it all. What was that for you?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I wanted to position myself as an expert. And just like Simon Sinek and Bernie Brown and Mel Robbins, of course, I codified my information, which is why I created the cycle of Comparanoia, so that people wanted to know more. I gave people a simple solution. But that's just scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. So my end goal is, of course, now I've created uh, the Global Wellness Celebration Tour that I'm bringing around the U.S., Canada, and the world, where I go and speak in communities and schools. And um, I bring the message to them and I go deeper so that we can end the bullying, end the shootings that are happening in our country, which are so tragic. And just I'm so tired of hearing about it. You know, like something has to be done. And that's what my end goal was, was to go create transformation in person for young people, parents, and teachers.
0: Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to our next break. I I, I do want to say your talk has been online for about a month and you have over 12,000 views, which is pretty good. Uh, How do you think that happened?
2: Oh, Like I said, 18 hours a day of sharing nonstop. And here's where you get tested. Some people will get irritated. I've been accused of harassing people. I've been accused of leveraging suicide to, for my agenda. I've been kicked out of Facebook groups. I've been banned and blocked from communities. Uh, because people, when you start, you know, I really understand the Lady Gaga quote recently. She, she tweeted out, um, fame is prison. And while I'm not famous by any stretch of the imagination at this point, I can see why she would say something like that. The, the brighter you shine, the more people get uncomfortable. People don't like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And they will try to stop you. And the truth of the matter is, like if you're not going to share your talk, nobody's going to share it for you. Maybe you're going right. to get lucky and someone, you know, uh, Ellen DeGeneres is going to pick up your talk. Okay, great. But I can't wait around for that. You know no. what I mean? Like, <laughs> so in exactly. the meantime, in the meantime, if anybody knows who Ellen DeGeneres' makeup people are, I mean, I think those are the best way to get to her. So I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> awesome. And we are coming up against our next break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My guest is David DiGiorgio. We've been talking about how to get on stage and what you can do with it. We will come right back after the break. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return very shortly.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life.
0: If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at ww.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's BrianKWright.com.
1: This is the TokyNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge.
0: If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is David DiGiorgio, and we've been talking about TEDx Talks. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do so on iTunes. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. You can also get my book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's available on Amazon right now. And at this moment, at the taping of the show… It is 99 cents on Kindle. You cannot even shake a stick at that. Go get it. It's awesome. Kevin Harrington is in it. Dan Locke is in it. Chris Powell is in it. All the great, a lot of great people who I've interviewed on the show previously. So David, we've talked about how to get on TEDx. We've talked about why to get on TEDx. But let's talk about the actual message of your talk because it is transformational. And that's what TEDx talks about wanting. So tell us what Comparanoia
2: is. Comparanoia, the desire to be like, or unlike anybody else. I mean, who doesn't suffer from that? <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely. Some people don't know they're suffering. Some people rather enjoy it.
2: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing. When somebody puts up their hand and is like, oh, no, I don't, I don't compare myself to anybody. And strangely enough, I find this very prevalent in the coaching, teaching, community, online sort of space. And I'm not talking about... So if you don't compare yourself to anybody else and you think that you're super unique, remember, it's also the desire to be unlike anybody else so if Mm -hmm. you believe that you are unique that is a red flag because Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is you are just as special as everybody else is Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we need each other yes absolutely (laughs) so how does comparanoia show up for us why does it show up Uh, it shows up in so many different ways. It shows up online. It shows up in bullying. It shows up in our, you know, desire in business. I always love this, right? Is it the whole niching down thing? It's like, what makes you unique? What's your unique selling proposition? And I think it's just a function of partly the media now or where we're at in the world in terms of like, uh, there's competition, I guess, in -hmm. our minds. And how do you stand out? Well, Here's how you stand out is you recognize that, like I said, you're just as special as everybody else, and you build communities and movements that make a difference for other people. Whether it's a product or a service, you cannot do that by yourself. You need other people. Elon Musk is a visionary. He does not build the Tesla car by himself. No. I mean, <laughs> No,
0: absolutely not. And I certainly don't have the skill set to do anything like that, so I need people. I mean, in my business, I source out graphic design because I know that is not my zone of genius. It's just not. Yeah, you you need people. So why do we beat ourselves up so much? It stops us from doing
2: so many amazing things in this world. Well, I think that's what. You know, the insidious nature of Comparanoia is because once that incident triggers your belief system, which then triggers all these thoughts. So now you're stuck in this cycle, the cycle of Comparanoia, where you're going in circles that you're not good enough, that uh, you start to have feelings of depression, anxiety, being alone, not like everybody else, which then turn into the feelings of not feeling good enough and these behaviors and it's the behaviors that stop us, right? Because you become less productive, you you withdraw, you, you give up on things sooner than you should. I mean, look, any logical person would have given up on my TEDx idea a long time ago. A 252 no's, Brian. I mean, seriously. You know what I mean? But I knew that I, as you said, I'm a good speaker. I know that. That's not my ego talking. I just know I put a lot of time into my craft. And so I knew that the right opportunity was going to come at the right time. I did not let Comparanoia take me out of the game because I know my mission and vision are pure, that I want to help other people. That is absolutely fantastic. And I know that is true also. So if we are
0: suffering from comparanoia, Comparanoia, how can we shift away from that and experience success?
2: Very simple. You need to watch the talk. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But I I talk about that in the talk. The very simple antidote is celebration. And I discovered over many years in, in the classroom, quite by accident, actually, that celebrating people for who they are is transformational and it's not it's almost counterintuitive because how it worked for me in my in my music classroom i noticed that the kids weren't getting better musically until i started to get them to 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 express themselves and i would celebrate them for who they were and all of their weirdness and all of their teenage spirit so to speak mm-hmm. and All of a sudden, they started to become better musicians. So whether you want to call that confidence or you want to call that, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. But what I started to see was that celebration is very powerful. Now, most people are thinking, wait a minute, celebration, like happy birthday celebration, like, oh my gosh, you got an A. Well, what if we were able to celebrate even the bad stuff? What if we could just celebrate people for who they are, where they are right now? Yeah. And so I started to open up the definition of celebration to include a whole lot more
0: options. You had an opportunity to celebrate something that most people would be considered to be really, really horrible. Your
2: house burned down. Yeah. Yeah. It was hit by lightning. And as it was burning down, I celebrated the fact that I made it out. Yes. And that, I, that you know, the universe, unicorns, God, whatever, put me in a position where I could get out and get my dog out and yes. be okay. And I recognized also that, you know, my, my power of thought for the six months leading up to that time was unclear. I wanted to start over. And unfortunately, I didn't specify to the universe exactly what I wanted that to look like. And so the universe <laughs> delivered in a big way. And so I celebrated the fact that, oh, my goodness, I might actually have very powerful thoughts. And so if I do have powerful thoughts, what could I do with my thoughts now?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And we can use our thoughts to become unmessable, can't we?
2: Yes, we sure can. And that's the whole point of this. Like Celebration, when you you make celebration a habit and you understand all the different flavors and varieties of celebration, all of a sudden you chip away at your comparanoia. And I just want to say one thing. Don't expect comparanoia to go away fully. It never, it's always going to be there just a little bit, but you can manage it. And that's what the whole message of the talk is. What would happen if you compared less and celebrated more? So you put the balance into the favor of celebration. You focus on what you can control and you celebrate that. All of a sudden you become unmessable. You become more in control of your destiny. And
0: that involves redefining what failure looks like, doesn't it?
2: Right. I mean, says who? Who says? And anyway, we all know the most successful people. I mean, they have a laundry list of failures. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) And so what if the failures are just... Uh, the celebrations on the way to your big break, to your big success. And why can't those failures be looked at as success anyway? Because I don't know about you, as an overachiever, when I was in school, when I was getting A's and I was getting everything right all the time, I couldn't tell you how I did that. That Mm -hmm. was just my innate talent. There's actually more learning in the failures. So that, to me, is celebration worthy because now you know what not to do.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I love that. And mental wellness is a really important part of all this, isn't it?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's everything. And I'm so glad that we're finally in a time and a place where mental wellness uh, is something that we can talk about without as much stigma attached to it. It's everything. Mindset, how we feel about ourselves. Uh, is such a huge part of this. And I think we need to keep opening the conversation up to let people know is like, like I said, Comparanoia is not going to go away forever or you're not going to eradicate it completely. It's always going to be there. It's human. So let's talk about the Comparanoia and let's talk about how we can manage it through celebration.
0: Yeah, I love that. So we've sort of been dancing around what your core message really is, but let's very clearly define
2: what is your core message these days? Compare less, celebrate more. I mean, that really is what yeah. it comes down to. And yeah. I'm on a mission to really empower all people, especially young people, to overcome their paranoia mm-hmm. so that they can understand what it feels like and looks like to be unapologetic and to live a life filled with unprecedented celebration. Because yeah. let me tell you, it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I love the idea of accepting and receiving celebration. And we've talked a little bit about that. Some people Have a challenge doing that. Why do you think that is? They're just not used to it? They're not used to people showering love and praise at them?
2: Well, I think what they're not used to is celebrating themselves. Yeah. And isn't that a shame? It is. So I don't know about you, but every morning I wake up and I look in the mirror and I say, I appreciate you. I thank you. I love you. And then I shake my bottom because, hey, you know, I'm celebrating myself. Every time I walk through a doorway, I celebrate as if I'm entering a room and there's a standing ovation waiting for me. Yeah. Every time something good happens, I acknowledge it. Every time something bad happens, I acknowledge it and I document it. I've, I've trained myself to celebrate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We love positive uh, reinforcement. And this isn't just about, this, we're not training ourselves to be Pavlov's dogs here, but what no. I'm saying is we are wired to like feeling good i mean it's why unfortunately it's why addiction is such a problem well what if you didn't need to feel good through the next click of your social media or the next substance whatever that is right what if you could yourself feel good internally that's what this is really all about and how it really connects to mental wellness holistically
0: exactly we've got a couple minutes to our final break what are some of your favorite ways to celebrate
2: I shake my ass. <laughs> that is my absolute favorite because it's so simple and it's so accessible. I learned that from Joseph McClendon third Tony Robbins' top trainer. He's absolutely brilliant. And it's based in science. And um, it's literally impossible not to change the way you feel when you move your hips around, period. Yeah. It just is impossible. And so it's so easy and accessible. You can do it when you're sitting down. You can do it when you're not feeling good. You can do it when you're laying down, standing up, doesn't matter. It is just the most easy and accessible accessible way to celebrate.
0: And as the great philosopher Shakira says, the hips don't lie. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That is exactly right. And there is a giving back component to this, isn't there?
2: Absolutely, yeah. Um, We talked about last time I have a giving project where I go into high schools and I um, uh, empower uh, performing arts programs and I I surprise them with big checks or whatever I have. And um, this is all about really giving back to communities. I can only go into a community for a couple of days uh, to speak, but what I want to do is give back to the community members so that they can carry the conversation on beyond the time that I'm there. And then I can come back maybe a couple months later... And surprise, a high school performing arts program. But this is all about giving back, all about shining the spotlight on others. Because when you shine the spotlight on others, they feel good about themselves. And when they feel right. good about themselves, they're celebrating.
0: And that's and a good that's thing. And that's the whole thing, is is celebrating. And I, I celebrate you. You're a great guest, and I'm so glad that you're here for a second time. Uh, I want to ask you, before we go to break, what do you think is your superpower? What do you think you do better than anyone else?
2: I celebrate. <laughs> there I is. celebrate And I celebrate other people. I truly think my superpower, and as when I was a teacher, I knew this too, is I can see what people don't see for themselves, the power, the potential that they have in themselves. I see it, and I draw it out of them. It's like a wizard magic that I have.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. And as we go to break, tell us once again where we can find you.
2: Beingunapologetic.com.
0: Fantastic. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. My very, very special guest this week is David DiGiorgio, and we were talking about TEDx and Comparanoia. And just go on YouTube and just look up David DiGiorgio TEDx Talk, and it will come up. It's got over 12,000 views at this moment, at the moment that we're doing the show today. It's really brilliant. It's fantastic, and it, it's it's a great a great talk. I just— cannot say enough about it. We'll be right back. This is success profiles radio. Please stay with us.
1: The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio.
0: If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. from the heartland of the United States with quality programming. This is TokiNet Radio.
1: Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright.
0: And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very, very special guest this week is David Giorgio. We've been talking about TEDx for a good share of this show, and I would love to ask about your book, David. We did talk about this at length last time, but I'd like to briefly bring it up again for people who did not hear our last episode together. It's called Being Unapologetic, Empowering High Achievers to Become Visionary Leaders and Speakers. So what does being unapologetic mean to you?
2: Being who you are right now and celebrating that because there is great, great power in that. And that's sort of the biggest aha of my life. That's great. And how did the idea for this book come to you? I got tired of apologizing for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what would be possible if I stopped apologizing, stopped being so Canadian? And right. I just decided to like be unapologetic in my own power. Now, that's not an F you to the world. I want to be very clear. Being unapologetic, like I said, is being who you are right now and celebrating that.
0: Absolutely. And you have used this book to really create a movement. It took a life of its own, didn't it? It sure did. (laughs) Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. Uh, and again, just like the TEDx talk, I mean, I had a strategy, and I was in it for the long term. And I, I understood that, you know, as an author, like, just because you write a book doesn't mean all of a sudden it's going to fly off the shelves. You have right. to go and become the ambassador for the book. And, um, you know, we were very fortunate to go number one in eight countries, number two in two others. And still, every day, I I, I use quotes from the book. I I have images of other people with the book and all the people that I got to endorse it. I use that to really create the brand of being unapologetic. That really solidified for me, the brand of being unapologetic. That now the Ted talk is the other piece in the crown jewel, uh, mm-hmm. that, um, that allows me to really connect more with people. Cause we know a lot of people aren't going to necessarily read the book, but mm-hmm. they might watch the talk. And then they might go to the book. So see, they work together to really build this movement.
0: Absolutely. And that's one reason why, for example, I have a radio show, I have a magazine and and people will, will see, hear the show and not know I have a magazine, successprofilesmagazine.com, by the way, or they may not know I have a book or they might see the book first and not realize I do a show. It's all synergistic. That's why you need to put yourself out there in more than one format, more than one platform. I totally agree with that. You mentioned earlier in the show that you coach celebrities and influencers on how to get on stage? How do you know who your ideal client is? How do you know who you want to work with?
2: That's a great question. Um, These are people who are on purpose with what they're doing. They know who they are and they have this obsession with making a difference for Mm -hmm. others. And now I'm so blessed that people come to me through It's like a chain of referrals now um you know you work with one awesome person they they connect you with another awesome person and they connect you with like um i worked with kelly davis who is the woman behind all the miracles at the children's miracle network hospitals and um all around the country i helped her with a gold cast that went viral she called me up in the spring and said hey i have a, a kid who has a dream to do a tedx and so i'm in another tedx believe it or not. I don't know if you know that yet, Brian. I don't. Yes. And with a young man named Isaiah Acosta, extraordinary, one of less than 10 people in the world, born without a jaw and a vocal voice. Oh. And yeah, he asked me to open his talk with him um, and Kelly Davis. And so that's another TEDx talk that you can see. And it's all about, and I had nothing to do with this title, about how to unmute yourself.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely perfect. What are some of the biggest pet peeves you see in the coaching or entrepreneurial space?
2: People not being themselves. I mean, I'm just so tired of everybody pretending, right? Um, Why do we have to pretend that we're successful? Why do we have to pretend that things are working online? I've been online now for several years. It's hard, Mm-hmm. It doesn't just things don't sell themselves. Once in a while, you hit <clears throat> strike lightning, you know, or in a good way, not like yeah. my house burning down. Here, like but that, once yeah. in a while, you, you strike lightning and things take off. But it takes a lot of iteration and a lot of marketing dollars to to do that. I mean, how when the people are telling you they're making, you know, money in their sleep, how much are they spending on their ads? You know, mm-hmm. like we have to be realistic. So I'm really, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm disheartened by the fact that there's this, all of this keeping up appearances online, despite, especially in the coaching industry, people are saying, oh, we need to be authentic. Yeah, but it's not authentic in the first place. And the minute right. you start to get really authentic, like I'm doing, you get banned and blocked from Facebook groups and communities because people don't actually want the truth. They just want to be placated into their, you know, oh, it's possible for me. Well, no, like, let's talk about the reality of what it's going to take, you yeah. know. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I just want the real truth to be out there and for us to have real conversations about real things that matter.
0: Absolutely. So what are some of your favorite books or most influential mentors that you've encountered in your life and your career?
2: Favorite books? um, The Shift, Wayne Dyer, um, The Alchemist is amazing, Paulo Coelho, of course, um, and for your entertainment, I decided to move to the Arctic after I read Paulo Coelho's *The Alchemist*. Obviously, I missed the message, but okay, I digress. That's a story for another time. Um, and <clears throat> mentors. I mean, gosh, Dolly Parton. Come on, now. You knew right. I didn't say that, right? Right. <laughs> She's fantastic.
0: She co-hosted the CMAs with um, yes. Carrie Underwood and Reba McIntyre this
2: year. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. She- I didn't see it. Did she perform? I didn't see it either. I just saw some clips online. I'm sure she must have performed. Yeah. But she taught me what being unapologetic really is. And she continues to because she is so unapologetic. She's the epitome of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's never been afraid of doing her own
2: thing and being who she is. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And I want to add one more too. one of the biggest inspirations for me has to be, as, and I mentioned him earlier in the show is Jesse, my, my almost adopted son who one day we will write that he's about to age out of care. And I've got to tell you, you know, he spent his entire life practically in and out of foster care Wow. 21. And to me, that's a hero. Yeah. Someone who still has a good head on his shoulders and who who wants to make a difference for others. And that's what I'm doing now is really building a platform that will help him to go and make a difference for others and to carry on the legacy that I've started. Absolutely. What has surprised you
0: about your journey?
2: Oh, wow. People. Yeah. And how they react and respond um, I know how pure my intention is. Mm-hmm. I can't expect anyone else to know that, but it's really interesting. The people who say to me, David, don't forget us when you're famous. And again, I'm not famous, right? But right. I'm rising, I guess, in, in, in people's eyes. Yeah. And it's those people who are the first ones to stop talking to you. And I don't know if it's because it triggers them or what, but it's just weird. You know, it's so interesting. I'm ghostwriting a book for somebody,
0: and I was actually working on that today. And I, one of the things I wrote about for this client today was the idea of when you rise to success, you have to be very careful about who you pick to have in your circle. Because when you have haters, it usually means that they are hating you for something they gave up on themselves about. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Now, the good news is, and I love using this analogy. I grew up Catholic, so I always use it. Jesus had twelve. A couple of them were backstabbers. Yeah. And look at still what he was able to create for the world after the yeah. fact. And so whether we believe it or not, that's besides the point. But it, it's such a powerful story and a legacy that has gone on for 2,000 plus years, right? Yeah. And so who are your 12? And it's okay if they're not perfect. Right. But you need to have a small, tight circle of people who believe what you believe and who are like you, who get it.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, love, I love that specific analogy because there are people in the business and online world who think that you have to have a big list or a big tribe. Well, no, you don't because most of them probably aren't going to buy anything from you. You just need a small circle of loyal people. I don't want to say followers, but loyal people in your tribe who get you and will support you no matter what you're doing.
2: Exactly. 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 And they'll show you who they are. I mean, as you rise, whatever you do, whether it's a book or a TED talk or whatever, they'll show you who they are as you start to rise the ranks because people are going to – crabs in the bucket. They're going to want to pull you back, and I'm experiencing that every single day. There's an instance where someone wants to try to pull me back down into the bucket, back into the muck. David, you're shining too bright. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to step away from that community because what if you need them later? I'm like, what – uh, they haven't done anything for me now. What do I what am I worried about? You know what right. I mean? So I'm very obsessed with um building my 12 or whatever that's gonna be. And I already know who some of them are.
0: Yeah. What is the biggest risk that you've taken in business S-
2: staying in it? <laughs>
0: I mean, that is-, is a beautiful answer. In its simplicity, it's a beautiful answer because it's it's hard.
2: It's not easy. And what if we could celebrate that? Yes. I mean, I love it. I wake up every day. I have no idea what I'm going to do next or what like how this is all going to work. I just have this big vision. I mean, today, here's the perfect example. I got approached by a couple of large companies who want to partner with me. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't even have like a sponsorship conversation or anything like that. It was just through relationships. So not giving up is is the biggest risk you can take because uh, you just don't know you. There is no guarantee if you don't give up on yourself All you know is that you're not going to give up on yourself. That's the only thing you know for sure. Absolutely. And in fact, you are going to be one of
0: my speakers for the upcoming Authorpreneur Live 2.0 Virtual Summit on December 11th and 12th. So excited. (laughs) I know. Me too. We don't have the sign-up done yet, but it's probably going to be at AuthorpreneurLive.com right now if you go to that site you can invest in the recordings from last year's, which is only $47. It's a steal. You might as well get it. Um, But the sign-up for the Author Live will be available very, very soon. And that is going to be a virtual event that you can enjoy at your computer. And we're going to talk about marketing and writing and leveraging your book and creating movements and publishing and everything related to writing and, and doing the book thing. So David's going to be one of my speakers, and we're going to talk about how to get on TEDx Stage and why you should do it and a lot of other fun stuff. So I'm so looking forward to that. So let's talk about strategies for overcoming adversity because we all go through it. We all go through stuff. What are
2: one of the two, one or two of the, Biggest things that you can recommend? We've got a couple minutes to the end. Overcoming adversity. Well, of course, I'm going to say celebrate. You got to yes. redefine celebration for yourself. And um, on my website, actually, when you go to beingunapologetic.com, you can sort of search around there, or you can just visit overcomingcomparanoia.com. And at the bottom of that page, I talk about this uh, the I celebrate matrix, and I share. All the different ways that you can celebrate, who you can celebrate, what you can celebrate, where you can celebrate, and why you can celebrate. And I really, I really invite people to open their minds when it comes to celebration. It is a radical and a very simple idea. And that's the other thing. It's so simple. It's like Mel Robbins, five second rule, five, four, three, two, one go. Great. Well, I created something that is equal to that and so simple and it's always accessible. You don't need anything. You don't need a piece of paper handy. You just have to have your uh, ability to catch yourself in a moment of potential celebration and then know, okay, well, how can I celebrate? And if you need help, go check out the matrix. Absolutely. As we wind down,
0: who inspires and motivates you? This is the question I ask everyone.
2: Oh, yes. Well, hey, and as I said, I'm going to reiterate it then because I think just like Beyonce, she repeats things. So will I. So Dolly Parton motivates and inspires me and my kiddo, Jesse. That's fantastic. And one more time,
0: how can we find you? How can we find your TEDx talk? How can we love and support you?
2: Being unapologetic.com is all things me. Specifically, the TED Talk is at overcomingcomparanoia.com, or you can just search it on the TED website or on YouTube, of course. And how can you support me? I mean, share share the message. Go and celebrate. Go celebrate somebody. Share that talk with your friends and loved ones. It's making a difference for so many people already, and um, I can't wait to have see what it does for you.
0: Absolutely. We're at the end. Thank you, David, for being here. It's fantastic as always.
2: Thank you, Brian.
0: All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview a world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn from that. Until next week, have a good one, everyone. Thanks for being here. Goodbye.